Staring at the members I remember uh, You can't dismember this bully What can you tell us when the fathers love was zealous for us We were rebellious uh, But now as with Christ no longer felons And yeah, Jose on the curb giving the word But they just want the herb and we ushers don't let it burn uh, uh, You see the body and the things that we embody Arts to me are holy They tell you what we deserve Well, we're, we're back Yep got a, got a full house Isn't that right, Joy? Joy's in the building Full house Full house Maybe not a full house There's three of us um, got also got Reese Shirey. Did I say that right? Shire, right. Shire, Shirey, Yep. <laughs> Should have stopped the first time. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> uh, in the building with us, going to help co-host on this episode, and hopefully, maybe if he enjoys it some more in the future. Um, so yeah, so got a, got a lot to talk about. First of all, I want to thank Red Letter Clothing uh, again for supporting us. And that is redletterclo.com. I've nice. been saying it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so the the owner of the company, super probably one of the nicest guys I've, I've ever met. Super nice guy. Um, really nice when he told me that I'd been saying it wrong for <laughs> a year now. <laughs> so I'd like to apologize for it's not Red Letter Clo. It is redletterclo.com is how you say it. Yeah. 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 So... um. Uh, make sure both of y'all, when you talk, you speak into the microphones so that we can pick you up. With. Right. Yep. Yeah. Jo- Joy has a, a really hard time with that when he really gets going. He forgets that we're not just talking. We have microphones that we're trying to There's a pick. purpose for the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, into the mic whenever you say anything. So, uh, um, yeah. So, also check us out on our website, sportsandjesuspod.com. Is that right? That's it. I really should write these things now, down instead of just looking at Joy for him to give me some kind of facial applause. I'll either say that's right or just laugh if it's wrong. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or a lot of times you'll say that's right, not really knowing if it's right or wrong. Just like, this is what I'm supposed that's, to say that's right That's if here. I'm not paying attention yeah. to what's going on. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's right, David. That's, <laughs> that's it. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, so it, we are right in the middle of football season. Maybe not quite in the middle. Maybe like the end of the start of or the beginning of the middle. I think it's the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 We're at the end of the first quarter of the football season, and it's been interesting, uh, to say the least. So first thing to talk about is. So is Jalen Hurts? Is he better than Tua? Tungle, tongue tongue Tua? Tua? Is he better than Tua? No, absolutely not. Uh, his his numbers say that he is. Um, what? How is Jalen Hurts so good? Like he's he's putting. A, I mean, he's on pace to have the best quarterback season ever right now. Like, how is he? So good. How is he even better than Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield were? How? Yeah, exactly. Is we it, had no idea. Like, a, like what? Is it a system thing? Does it have to do with those defenses he's playing against? I mean, obviously, yes, on some level. But you look at like Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Like they both played well in the pros. I mean, so they're both 
seem to be good quarterbacks anyways. And I just, I just don't, I don't understand. Cause yeah, the system is obviously there's something to do with that system in Oklahoma. Like it's producing potentially, I mean, let's just go ahead and give the Heisman to Jalen. So three Heisman trophies in a row it's, <laughs> it's produced, but also, I mean, Alabama system isn't bad. Like they've got probably the best wide receiver and wide receiving that was receiver and receiving put together wide receivering uh, group in the country, you'd say. And probably, I mean, the best just talent-wise offense. And their offensive coordinators, both now and that were all, and the coaches when Jalen were there, I mean, they're not bad. Like, they're some of the best coaches in the country. So, there's uh, – I wouldn't say Alabama's system is bad. I think a lot of it has to do with – I think Lincoln Riley somehow has figured out a way to run an offense centered around one player. And that for the past few years has been a Heisman Trophy winner because they run that offense through one player. Yeah. And they, they gear it towards that person's specific skill set. Whereas somewhere like Alabama, Nick Saban's like, it ain't about you. We're going to do this as a team. And he never really, Jalen never really got to show off. Because we were running, I say we, <laughs> we Alabama was yeah. running an offense. All right, so we ought now know that Reese is an Alabama fan. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> they were running an offense, I guess, that played to everybody's general strengths. Jalen gets to, Jalen also got really, he got a lot better last year. I think he got better when Tua came on a campus. And was learned from Tua. That's good. Yeah, learn how to pass from Tua, and then the, that quarterback coach that's now at what Miami. Yeah, what, whatever his name was, uh, Dan Enos. Dan Enos. Yeah, Dan Enos made Jalen a much better player as far as quarterback efficiency. Because if you look at his first two years at Alabama, it was like, let's if the first guy's not open, I'm gone, and teams quickly figured that out, and now. He's sitting back there with all the time in the world going through progressions. It's like a different player. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, as you said, all the time in the world. You just can't, in the SEC, you can't week in and win out, week out, just drop back and throw the ball all over the place or your quarterback will die. In the SEC, you don't have five seconds in the pocket yeah. to throw the football. Yeah. I mean, he's just back there getting something to eat, drink. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you I'm still like reset specific skill set so well. There's no way that I would, I would have stumbled through that. Skill set. <laughs> but I think and also specific Jaylen is a here, hard word to say fast. Yeah. Jalen also, I mean he had a Heisman running back behind him as well. Yeah. And you got to feed that guy the ball. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair point. I I mean I think we'd all say Tua was at Oklahoma, he'd be putting up similar or even better numbers than Jalen is. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He is. He's just not running as much as Jalen. Yeah. I mean, the guy threw for, what, six touchdowns yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, because five, five of them were to – To one guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he ran for that one, so. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, that, that all makes sense. <laughs> 
Yeah. So still haven't figured out who's better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think probably like I, I really like Jalen. Um, and this is coming from a Tennessee fan. You just just the way well, both of them really like the way they carry themselves. Like it's just hard to find. Like they're just great teammates. They're great. Like you've got to respect Jalen not just transferring as soon as he lost the starting job. Like you've got to respect that. Um, just the way it seems like it's important to him to do things the right way more than it is just to do things the easiest or even the best way for for him. Um, so you got to respect that. But I mean, I think if Tua transferred to Oklahoma right now. You're going to still start Tua over Jalen if they're on the same team. Yeah, and I think a lot of what Jalen you see of Jalen on the field is a product of his maturity as a player. I mean, he's matured over the course of his four years; that therefore he's a better player. But also just his patience and maturity to stay yeah. at Alabama and learn there under Dan Enos, Nick Saban, and alongside Tua, who was who was a superior passer at that time. Yeah. He learned a lot from all, every one of those people, and and now he's reaping the rewards of basically patience. Patience. Stumbled over that one. Uh, patience. <laughs> Not as good as specific. Yeah. Spe- spe- yeah. And I don't know. He's just. He's really. It's. It's his story as a as a player is is you can't. I mean, you couldn't write a better story. Yeah. So and it's totally set up for. Then well, play Alabama in the playoff, right? <laughs> you could write a better story called Rudy. <laughs> but that's it. That's the only better story. Confession, never seen it. What? Ooh. All right, so we're going to pause this podcast right now and go watch Rudy. Have, have you seen the new commercials with him where he's like, wants to be it's like, Sanders yeah, or something. That's, it's great. Um, so while we're on the topic of Alabama, um, I want to. I was going to do this earlier, but forgot. Uh, if you haven't heard our last episode, it's really cool, especially if you're an Alabama fan. We interview Keaton Anderson, that was a safety and special teams player and linebacker at one point at Alabama. Um, I think he he started in the SEC championship game last year. Um, good guy, friend of the podcast. It was really cool just to kind of get get an inside look at the Alabama program, the most, really the most successful program in college football history, uh, just to kind of see some of the things from a player's perspective that makes it so great. Um, and, and also we talk about faith in there. He talks about his faith and the faith of um, what, how important faith is to some players behind the scenes. And it's just, is a really cool um, download. So although there's probably more of you that are listening to this episode, because you listen to that one, then that haven't listened to that one. So we'd like to thank you if this is your if that was your first episode. Uh, welcome to Sports and Jesus. Now so this is how how it works most of the time when we're not doing interviews. Go ahead and rate and review, but only if it's all positive. Yeah, only positive if reviews. Negative, Five send stars. Send an email to sportsandjesus at gmail Yeah, and we'll delete it. Yeah, we'll we'll take your we will take your negative feedback. And probably not do anything about it, but well, it's according to what it is. But any, any well, uh, so yeah, go ch- go check that episode out. And so we decided Jalen's better than Tua, right? Um, 
think we need like a like a soundboard. Something there. Nope, that's not nope. Close. Uh, wait, I got it. That'll do. Okay, yeah, that'll work. All right. <laughs> no, okay, okay, I'm done trying. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I really need to learn these buttons better, more better. Um, so. Looking at college football right now, if you had to give, I have written down top five, but let's say, let's not do top five. Let's say if you had to pick who would be, if the playoffs started right now, and you're just basing it on what each team has done up to this point, not projected, not even who we think are the four best teams, but just resume through the first quarter of the season, who are you putting in the college football Final four, four, final. That's playoffs. really tough because the top, current top four teams haven't played that hard of a schedule. There's teams behind them that have a better resume now based on the teams they played early on. Yeah. Man, Auburn. Uh, yeah, Auburn, Auburn has the best resume. Auburn has at the this hardest point. schedule in the country and they have the best resume. Yeah. Beating Oklahoma and Texas A and M, and Mississippi State isn't bad. Mississippi State's better than anybody Alabama's Morgan. played. Yeah, yeah, they haven't beat Jalen Hurts. I don't think they'd beat Oklahoma. You said Oklahoma, but yeah, sorry, Oregon, Oregon. You know all <laughs> that, those that would be something. All those teams that start with an O, they're the same, right? Oregon, <laughs> Oklahoma, Ohio. <laughs> sorry, it took a second to think of another team with an O. Um. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so, I think we say Auburn has the best resume up to this point. But I don't think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, they, we know they've got to play. They've got to beat Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Yeah, that that's just... Yeah. That's, like, that's not going to happen. They're not going to beat all three. And then they'd have to beat another one, probably Georgia, probably again, Georgia again, yeah. in the SEC Championship game. I mean, LSU. I mean, who have they played? Texas. Yeah. So that's a big yeah. resume. Yeah, that, that's a big win. Uh, so we got LSU and Auburn. Who else? Well, Georgia. I mean, Georgia beat Notre Dame. Yeah. However good you think Notre Dame is. So three so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. So SEC playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so Clemson has beat Texas A&M. Ohio State hasn't really beat who anybody. Who has fallen. Yeah. Who is tumbling down the, the leaderboard at this point. Yeah, but they've been beaten by Auburn and Clemson, which are two good losses. They got Bama two weeks from now. And they're going to get beat again. So. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma hasn't really beat anybody. They've looked good, but they haven't really played anybody. Ohio State hasn't really played anybody. Um, Clemson beat Texas A&M, but then almost got beat by North Carolina yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday, by the way. Everyone in Tuscaloosa like had all their phones up, and everybody was yelling, like keeping up with the Clemson <laughs> game. Okay, so we've got Auburn, LSU, who's other Georgia, team? Georgia, and Kansas City, the Chiefs. <laughs> so that's our <laughs> that's our four, and the Patriots. That's our four. And the Duke men's this basketball team. That's a really team. tough question. 
and Manchester City. They were just naming really good teams across yeah. the world. <laughs> <laughs> and the Yankees. Ch- Chelsea. Oh. Oh. They're not very good. Okay, I'll, I'll put mine out there. I think Alabama, Ohio He's... State, Oklahoma. Is this who you think is going to be? Okay. If, I'm not, not, I think who would be in the playoff. Who will be in the playoff? At the end of the season, yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and... Clemson. Yeah. I do not think those are the four best teams. I think that those are the teams that will win their conference. Yeah, Ohio State always slips up. Oklahoma, really, all they've got to do is beat Texas. I mean, that's the only big competition. And Texas is good. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's our college football talk for the day. And, uh, nope, no, it's not. we got one more thing. Turnover celebrations. So it's become a big, uh, a popular fad these days. Um, I guess started really by the Miami Hurricanes. It was a couple years ago with the turnover train. That, that was pretty cool. Um, it's got, seems like, progressively less cool as teams have tried to come up with other when ideas. I, when I was at Alabama, 09 to 13, there, I, I remember something yeah, they, the defense they had this weapon it was like a baseball bat that had like nails in it and that sounds like, so dangerous it was they they, <laughs> it, they they brought it to one game and i don't think they were allowed to bring it back so i feel like alabama or somebody used to wear a like a like a wrestling belt that was after the the, the oh, baseball okay. bat with the nails <laughs> then they, they're like you you're, that's well, a that's weapon a more, yeah <laughs> you can't bring that into the stadium yeah so then they, they went to the, the heavyweight championship belt. So they can't bring a weapon, but some teams can bring live lions onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> Always worked, like, what happens if that gets loose? That's horrible. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, we're going off subject. Yeah. So what are some of the worst? Uh, Joy's been doing a lot, probably more research on this subject than he's done on Anything, anything ever. ever in his life, in his life, <laughs> not just for the podcast, but uh, counting school. Well, do y'all remember that Cartoon Network show, Ed, Ed and Eddie? Yes, Kennesaw State had to turn over Plank, Ooh. <laughs> which is awesome. Did it have like the face on it? Yes, like, the... look at that. <laughs> we, we, we're, it, we're it, recording a podcast, oh, Joey. Yeah. We can't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else you got? What else you got? Virginia Tech had the turnover pail. <laughs> Do they wear it on their head? No, you're just carrying it like a purse. <laughs> <laughs> I got an interception. Here's a pail. Let's see, here's a turnover oar, like for a canoe. <laughs> I feel like some of these, like the guys just walking through Lowe's. Like the defensive coordinators just walking down the aisles at Lowe's and be like, all right, what can what would be easy to <laughs> carry to away games? The turnover beads. Okay. Memphis had the Ric Flair turnover robe. Nice. That's yeah, that's a good one. Let's see, 
Boise State has a turnover throne. What? You get a special seat. And then I still think to to win everything, Tennessee's turnover trash can is still the number one worst what about, one. What is it Akron that has the it's either Akron or Kent State. Yeah, one of those Ohio teams up there. Look it up, Joy. The turnover number two pencil. Uh, while Joy trophy. <laughs> Does anybody even use number two pencils? It's Akron. Akron. Yes. <laughs> Does anybody even use number two pencils anymore for anything? Do the do kids still do the standardized test where you got to use a number two pencil? Is that still a thing? Surely, that's never going to change. Well, your mom's a teacher. Does she still? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Y'all don't just talk about that when you have family <laughs> gatherings. No, when we sit down. So, so mom, uh, number two pencils is that still a thing? <laughs> Has it come up yet? <laughs> <laughs> Not in a family game of charades or something. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, it's time to talk about uh, baseball. Baseball season is finally starting. Um, so that's all we have to talk about baseball. Um, so, <laughs> basketball. Uh, the season is way too long. Oh, it's so long. Was it like four hundred games a season? I'm not three? gonna lie though. Like I, nothing. I love just sitting in front of a TV, not having to pay attention. And a baseball game lasts for like six hours. <laughs> you fall. You can fall asleep three times during yes. the game, and it's the same score when you wake up. <laughs> yeah. Time. Was uh-huh. that um, Jack White's band? They they went to the game, left to play a show. Saw that it went into overtime, like extra innings, and went back and saw the end of the game. <laughs> baseball in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, baseball, so like, I don't know. What? Uh oh. Sorry, my iPad's doing weird things. I don't know what happened. I lost my soundboard. Anyway, so basketball, Lamelo Ball. If you're not familiar with him that's the younger brother of Lonzo Ball and youngest child of LeVar big baller ball <laughs> and uh he was has probably uh, what am I trying to say <laughs> he probably has had the worst i guess um out of the family worst way pathway to the NBA, the hardest, most difficult. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, that was real bad, guys. That was real bad. That's one way to say it. And, and y'all started looking at me, and it started getting worse. And he's the worstest of the difficulties in his time of things. Yeah. So, <laughs> LeVar Ball, I feel like his antics have done the most damage to the youngest son. Oh, yeah. Guy's a clown. Yeah. What's the What's the Bible say about those tearing the house down around him? Basically, this is what he's doing. With I feel like he's just tearing his own house down. Yeah. It's just a constant state of dumpster fire. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think because of that, because of the mess that comes with the Ball brothers, the youngest one that is Lamelo, right? Yeah. The youngest one has not been looked at positively when it comes to an, as being an NBA prospect. Um, just in part also because just Lonzo, that 
was just traded to the Pelicans at up to this point has not had a very successful NBA career. So those two factors have caused NBA scouts to not look favorably at LaMelo, but that's all changed this past week where he went from a, you know, he was probably two years ago, not even on like this guy's not going to be drafted to maybe he's a second round draft pick to now they're saying he's a top three draft pick overall. Some of it, it helps that he's grown like a foot in the past couple of years. So <laughs> that helps. I mean, he's what, six, six, seven, six, eight now. Um, he's playing in, so he graduated high school last year. And instead of going and playing in college, he's playing a year in Australia. And he's dominating in Australia, which we would all hope so. I feel like most <laughs> most guys that could be Division One college basketball players over here should dominate professional Australian basketball. But uh, so scouts are now saying he's potentially even the number one pick in next year's draft, which is just interesting. Um, I feel like he's going to have to be really good for whoever has the first picks. Hopefully, not the Grizzlies. Hashtag Grind City um, this season because I think we're going. You know, we're going to win it all this season. <laughs> But <laughs> nothing makes Joy laugh more than my fandom of the Grizzlies. Only one thing, and that's seeing Steph Curry. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, had to bring Steph. It's been like three episodes since you brought up <laughs> Steph Curry. Steph Curry's never going to be friends with this podcast <laughs> because of you. Melo's 6'6", by the way. It's listed on the internet. So that was, he probably grew a couple inches. Well, he also hasn't gained any weight, 165 pounds. Yeah, he's skinny. That's like, yeah. I think that's what most basketball players weigh in middle school. Yeah, that's what uh, LeBron's arm weighs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what LeBron's arm weighed in middle school. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes if he is becomes a number one draft pick or a top three draft pick, if teams are willing to – if teams think he's that good to where they're willing to put up with LeVar Ball um, and draft him. So, And we'll see how much damage LeVar Ball can do to his draft stock before <laughs> the draft comes around. Oh, so, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Um, might take some of the attention off of Lonzo, but I hope Lonzo does good. They say him and Zion are really clicking in practice, like full court lobs. That's going to be fun. It should be fun to watch. Yeah, as long as they bring some extra shoes for Zion in case he <laughs> explodes any of them. But um, so, that, so that's all we got for the sports part of this podcast. Um, follow us on social media. Give us some reviews, some positive reviews. Please tell your friends about it. Go listen to our earlier episodes, especially the last one where we interview a guy that played at Alabama. And redletterclo.com, sportsandjesuspod.com, and we'll catch you on the flippity flip. And we're back. Welcome to the, if you're listening to this on Sports and Jesus, the Jesus part of this episode. 
if you're listening to To Live as Christ podcast, it's the only part of this episode. <laughs> but um, this episode is brought to you by Red Letter Clothing, redletterclo.com. Um, also, go check us out on sportsandjesuspod.com. So today, we want to talk about, this is actually a, this was a request from Joy. So he's really excited. He's done a lot of research for this. Not quite as much research as he did on the uh, the turnover pencils and planks and pails. Plank is still my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we want to talk about uh, Christian humility and how important it is, what it looks like, uh, really what it means. But first of all, before we get started, Joy, do you want to share what kind of what's been going on that kind of made you, I guess, drew your attention to this subject and made you want to talk about this? Yeah, well, I've been um, kind of just following through different sports things I listen to throughout the week, all the stuff going on with Antonio Brown and just how he's been such a good example of how just, you know, the Bible talks about that, you know, the pride will bring you down, make you fall. Can't think of how it goes. How's it go? Bring it down, make you fall. Anyway, yeah. We could write so, a song. That could be a song. I think that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So that just kind hey, of. Hey, uh, if it's a Hillsong song, that's all the lyrics we need. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of what. We don't even have to say life. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. For those of you that like Hillsong, I apologize for that shot. They have a couple of good songs. Um,. From the nineties, yeah, <laughs> they haven't in a while. But they, at one point, they had a couple of good songs. I'm sorry. Okay, I apologize. Uh, yeah. So Antonio Brown has been the uh, a great example of the opposite of what humility is. And kind of before we move on, I want to explain something. Like when we talk about Antonio Brown, we're, we're basically kind of as Joy stated, like we're looking at a lot of his off the field stuff um i i think and i think you guys would agree with me that there is a place for uh confidence within the realm of competition uh as long as I, I think you can obviously go too far when it comes to like if you're disrespecting your opponent um, but i think i'm i'm okay with being confident in something you've worked hard at or i'm okay with even talk talking trash to an extent, if it's to get in your opponent's head or, you know, to pump yourself up or, or whatever. Like, I, I'm okay with that. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Antonio, we're talking about the stuff that Antonio Brown has done off of the field that has, every decision he's made has been what's best for Antonio Brown to the detriment of someone else, whether it be his team, his employer, Multiple women, apparently, uh, which, you know, we we don't know for sure if, if that's true, but it seems like. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about pride and when we're talking about humility when referencing Antonio Brown. We think it's his prideful actions outside of the realm of football or competition that we have a problem with. And the fact that he froze his feet because he wore wet socks and a. Like, all you have to do is just look at his Twitter to 
yeah. to see what we're talking about. Yeah, it's just all it's just all about him. Um, so yeah, I'll say just specific. What kind of got me you, thinking? You about just said this. specific pretty good too. <clears throat> nice. Good job. Nice. I've been practicing in my head. <laughs> Can you really Wait, um, practice saying things well in your head? Yeah, try Because I say cal- calculary really well in my head, but my mouth just can't say calgu- calgulary. 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 What got me specific was when nice. he said, look at his Twitter, was um where he said, the game needs me like I'm test answers. And then um Eric Weedle said, I don't need you. You're on. You're not on a team. <laughs> and then um, Eric Weedle said, "I think it's Weddle. AB. It is Weddle. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> he said, "If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to learn that it isn't about you? Never was and never will be. Got a game to get ready for. Good luck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Pride and humility. So, Joy, can you read us the? Webster's de- or the Google definition of humility. So th- this would basically we do this a lot. We want to kind of define these terms by how the world would see these first, and then we kind of redefine them through a biblical lens as we talk through this. So it is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Okay. Yeah, and and even I, th- I would say in our culture, like just reading that definition. Sounds like something you shouldn't desire or you shouldn't seek after. Like your everything is about having a really high view of yourself and thinking positive things about yourself. Whereas within, as we'll talk about, like humility is having a low view of yourself. You know, in in light of who Christ is, and but yeah, so yeah, that's a interesting definition. Um, so I want to read some verses. I got my Bible out and we'll, we'll actually all read some verses here. I'm going to read James four verse six. Joy, if you can get Philippians two, three through four, Reese, if you can look up, can't read my own handwriting. I really hope it's Matthew. <laughs> uh, are there 23 chapters in Matthew? I don't know if it's a... Yes. Okay. Read verses 10 through 12 and see if that has anything to do with what we're talking about. Um, because it might be 13. I, I, I think it's 10 through 12. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, and then I'll read the last verse, Micah 6, 8. So I wish I would have been looking this up while I was saying that because I definitely put the first verse on myself. So I'm trying to filibuster here while I look it up. Yeah. So James 4 <laughs> verse 6 says... But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Joy. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. What was that? Significant? Significant? Okay. I thought you added a TH. Significant? (laughs) It's possible. It's the King James. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Reese, if you can read that in Matthew. Neither be called instructor, instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, 
and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now I've got Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So, and that and those are just four examples of just the call to humility throughout Scripture. And um, so, why why is humility? Why is walking humbly? Why is, I mean, even to the first verse we read in James, where God gives grace to the humble, and is in opposition to the proud. Like so, that, you know, that's that's kind of a drawing a line in the sand there, and one side is really good, and one side is really scary. Um, so why, why is it it so important to us um, to be humble or even to seek out humbleness or to to work for more humility? And so I, I'll give the first answer while, while you are thinking about that. But, but I think, I mean, it's just that's kind of the – our natural posture is of pride. And the redeemed or converted posture – is the opposite of that, which is humility. So in order to serve God, at some point we stop serving ourselves. And that's really what, what humility is, is saying, I am not worth me, you know, living a life of service to myself and my own needs. I'm not worthy of that. God is worthy. So I'm going to decide, I'm going to actively follow him and his ways instead of me and what I think is best. If y'all like to add anything to that. Yeah, I was kind of, um, (laughs) (laughs) we need a cough button. Just say cough button. (laughs) Um, I think it's just naturally because, you know, Jesus said when he came, he came to serve not to be served. And so I think just as Christ imitators, that's just naturally that's good, where yeah. we, what we should be doing. Yeah. Strive to be. Yeah. Right along. I was thinking the exact same thing is if, if our, if our aim as believers is to be more like Christ, then hmm. what his was the greatest act of humility yeah. in descending from heaven to hmm. enrobe himself in, in human fall, you know, human flesh, uh, what could be more humble than that? And then, you know, his entire life, scorned, beaten, all of that was was just a picture of humility. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, yeah, that's great points. I mean, that, you know, if Jesus is our example, if he's, I mean, he said the great, that's everything he did was in, in humility. And I um, mean, to the point of, of death on a cross, and so kind of what does humility look like in the Christian life? It's kind of the next question I want us to answer. So how, how do you, okay, this is, we, we've kind of talked about the idea of humility. Now, how do you, how does it flesh itself out? Like, how does it practically, what does it look like in, in, in everyday life? Like what are some things or even what are some things that we can do to help foster that and produce more humility in our hearts and what are some ways that we can actively because we've explained this on past episodes we think the, the christian walk is 
a constant a, a battle against ourselves and a battle and really a fight for humility against pride is what our everyday life is as a Christian and will be until the day that we die when God, through Jesus' death on the cross, completely obliterates all pride within us. Um, so what are some things, I guess, yeah, that's the question we'll answer. What are some things we can do to help produce humility and knowing that it ultimately comes from God and can only come from God. The only way we can not be absolutely for ourselves is if God shows us grace and changes our hearts. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of, um, like what are some exercises you do that help? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I work my fingers a lot. <laughs> um, I think a lot of ways, you know, our culture likes to tell us that, you know, when someone like wrongs you, it's, you know, you don't repay evil for evil, but kind of just to overlook it. If a brother or if even just a non-believer offends you, just kind of just let it roll over your back and not try to repay that evil for evil. I think what Jesus says, and I had to pull it up here, um, in John 12, I can find it. John 12 says, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, he cannot bear much fruit. And I think that's where the process starts, is dying to yourself Mm. every single day. Because, like you just said, unless the grain of wheat dies, there can be no fruit. So we have to live as dead men, right? Mm. And, And dead men can't make your own decisions. Dead men can't raise themselves to new life. Dead men don't get to choose. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit working through us. And if you, if you live in light of that, that we're, we're to be empowered through the Holy Spirit, I think humility comes out of that. Yeah. And, and when we say dying to yourself, I mean, I think that's, I like the way you, you've pointed out daily. Like it's not, okay, we make this decision one time in our lives to die to ourselves. And then, no, it's a daily, I wake up, I do this, like every day. Some days I do it better than others. But when we say that, we mean, like, we're constantly faced with, almost in every part of life, with what do I want to do, what do I feel like doing, and what has God's word called me to do and called me to be whether it's relationships with you know your spouse or your family or the way you handle yourself at your job or even the way that you know you you play like it's every part of life you're constantly faced with what do I want to do what feels easiest or what would serve me best or what has God's word called me to do and called me to be? And so dying to yourself is saying, I'm going to die to what I feel like doing at times or what in my selfishness I want to do or how I want to respond to this situation. I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to respond in the way that I know God wants me to and God has called me to and God's word has pointed me to. 
an example of that, it would be uh, one of the Lord's prayers, not in Matthew 6, but in later, I forget the chapter, but when he's praying to God the Father the night before his crucifixion, he says, not my will, yeah. but thy will. Yeah. That that pretty much sums it up right there. If, yeah. if, if, if that is what Jesus was living out on earth as God in human form, that's that's our daily model right there, and if, if we're as if if we're supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church, if mm-hmm. you're you know if if we're husbands, then that's how Christ did it mm-hmm. was serving and not putting himself first. Yeah, and and so living according to God's will, how do you know? It's not. I think, and this could be a whole another podcast on. It might, have we done a podcast on this before? I don't know. We could if we have haven't. Have we done podcasts on God's will? I don't think so. Okay. Um, a lot of times, like I guess we we think like God's will is almost like this mystical thing you have to follow. Um, but how do you really know God's will? It's by knowing His word. Like His His will is found in His word, and so in order to know what what way God would want you to respond in a situation is you have to know his word. And and so I think, I guess when it comes down to really the, the most practical answer to that question is be in his word, submit yourself to his word, let his God's, let his Holy spirit change you as you're studying and as you're learning and as you're growing in his word, and I think we, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, you've, that's happened to you. You've felt, I mean, you've just seen as you've grown as a Christian and as you've grown in understanding of God's word, that it becomes more clear to you in those situations, what the humble answer would be, or what the denying yourself direction would be. And so a lot of that just comes with sanctification so um, the opposite of, of humility is, or I guess, the, obviously the enemy of humility is pride. Uh, even to the extent that I think almost the root of all sin is pride on some level. Is you're basically, you're not denying yourself. You're choosing yourself. You're picking yourself. You're saying, and by doing that, I mean, no, no matter what sin it is, whether it's a sin of um, I mean, you look at any of the Ten Commandments or or whatever. Like it's all choosing yourself and what satis what you think satisfies you over Jesus and what really satisfies you. And it's saying that God, I know you've you want this, but deep down, I think I know what's best for me better than you do. And that's what it all sin is 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 pride. I mean, even the first sin, that's what. Adam and Eve's sin was, that's how Satan tempted them, you know, was to gain knowledge to be like God. I mean, it was all from, from sin one to the last sin. It's all, it's all pride. And so pride is the direct opposition of humility. Humility is the fighting of pride. And so I think, you know, what are some ways as you're fighting humility that I think as a Christian, pride can kind of creep up on you in ways that 
it didn't before you're, that's not as obvious as it was before you're a Christian, I guess. Like just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're uh, not having to deal with pride. But I think when you are a Christian, even as you grow, even as you grow as a Christian, like it can become sneakier, if that makes sense. Like it, it's it steps its game up basically. <laughs> like your your wicked heart steps its game up at times, and it like it has to work hard to deceive you harder, I guess, than it, it's than like it once had to. As you as you get more mature as a believer, and in through sanctification, you become more spiritually mature. It's almost like Satan knows that, mm-hmm. and there's harder tests mm-hmm. that come from that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's another way that God uses trials and difficult times to point out pride in our hearts that we aren't aware of. Like he and he even he can even use good things to kind of point that out in us. Like for example, like marriage or becoming a parent. Like he uses that to show us pride in us that we didn't even know was there. Uh, I think he can also, because we all have our blind spots is another, I guess, weapon against pride is having community around you, having other Christians around you to kind of see some of those things and that love you enough to call you out on those things. That's another reason of the the importance of being in a church. Absolutely. A good church, a good Um, church and not being a, one of those, flying solo Christians where, oh, I can have church at home. Yeah. Well, let's check that. Let's check that pride. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I found a cool uh, article on the Gospel Coalition talking about just some ways that, or some ways that pride can show itself in in the heart of Christians. So I'm just going to name off a few and just, you know, think about, you know, are these, is this some things you see in yourself? But Pride can show itself in through fear. Um, pride can show itself through entitlement, um, ingratitude, people pleasing, and prayerlessness. Um, that last one's a big one. That uh, typically, if you find if you're finding it hard to pray, there's some pride issue. There's there's some pride going in there that you need to fight. Yeah, I'm just uh, I was thinking. Earlier, while I was trying not to cough into the microphone, <clears throat> that uh, and then he coughed yeah. right after he said, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> <laughs> trying not to cough <clears throat> into the microphone. Pride and humility are so linked together that you can find pride in like false humility. Yeah, they're Absolutely. saying, "Absolutely." Um, you know, I'm so, and it reminds me of that parable with the Pharisee, Pharisee and the tax collector, where he's praying, "You, know, I th- thank you, Lord, that I'm not like the yeah. tax collector." Next to me. I think out of the five we named, like I think that, that a lot of times shows up in people pleasing where like it can come off almost like you're trying to be a servant, but really you're just wanting people to think th- positive things about you. And so, and that's pride. You know, like yeah. that's, that's absolutely pride. Like that's, that's a sin. That's something you need to, to fight and, that's good. Another one of the 
another example of that false humility is is falling into the the lie that some people think that you know they've sinned so bad that God can't forgive them for mm. what they've done, and that that sounds like humility, right? Yeah, it sounds like I, I'm just so bad that I mean, who who would want me? Who would who would want to forgive me? And what really it, it's a it's a twisted pride, a twisted form of pride. Yeah, it's saying that I'm so bad that even God couldn't forgive me. Yeah, you're you're still you're saying by thinking that way, you're saying that your actions are more powerful than God's. Yeah. Yeah, we sung a song this morning that uh, was so good. Just on that subject, that and the chorus was, I think it's something like, "My sins are many, but His mercy is more." Yeah. But yeah, so pride, humility, yeah, we need to fight pride, um, seek out humility, die to ourselves daily, and yeah. So if you got any questions, hit us up at sportsandjesus at gmail dot com. Hit us up on social media. Go follow us. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors. Tell your the, dog. Your dog. <laughs> tell the person behind you in the Walmart line. <laughs> Eric Weedle. Oh, Weddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tell Eric Weedle Weddle. Give a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all later. The only way to the true God, all is for the straight, leaving fools blind. The truth lies, no space, see imbued minds. We sheep going through the gate, that's the true sign. Yeah, we know the resurrection in life. The light of the world, he came, show strength for this might. This message is plain, this chain, get the letters precise. These are the I am saying, show definite height. We know a savior who's gone.